Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Tonight, how do we get a clear vision? I want you to look at, I think we got NIV. If we got the NIV, that'll be great. Proverbs 29, 18. I want you to look at this scripture. We've talked about this before. Getting a clear vision of what I want to achieve is one of the most supernatural things me and you can do. Getting a clear vision. Okay? In Proverbs 29, 18, it says, Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. So now, what I want you to understand is this, is that in this, in this process, um, what you're going to find out is this, what is, how do I say this? What is, um, what is vision? Okay. See it? It is what? The one who heeds wisdom's instruction. With vision is the ability to see beyond what is seen in the physical present world we live in. It's to see something that is not yet physically present. That's what that vision is saying. So vision and spiritual vision is to see something that's not physically present yet. Natural vision says, I could see the camera. You could see the TV. You could see my face. I could see the screen. You see what I'm saying? That's natural vision. Spiritual vision allows me to see what is not physically present yet. That's kind of like where he said, the things that are seen are temporal and the things that are not seen are eternal. That means if you can change the temporal with the eternal if you understand how to use the process, okay? So this is big, okay? So here's what we understand. So I like that translation because this is, you know, where the people without a vision, the people perish. I like that, but I like this one better because I really like when God says, without vision, there's no, there's no, there's no clear defining lanes to live in. And I always think of like, you know, kind of like driving on a highway, you know, or something, you got the guardrail, you know, and it kind of tells you where to stay. You know, I've been helping Gigi, you know, learn how to drive. It's kind of a interesting journey. Pray for me. No, she's doing really well. But I was laughing, you know, because, um, you know, sometimes like in a, like when you're on a major road, the lines are defined. You know what I mean? It's like you got lane and you got, you know, the, you know, the shoulder, but there's stripes. When you go in a neighborhood, there's no stripes. Most neighborhoods don't have it. So I'm trying, I was showing her the other day. I was like, you got to learn how to divide the road in half. So when the other cars are coming, you know what I mean? And if you're on the major road, you have the lines. They clearly define where you're supposed to be. So it shows you without those lines in the middle of the road, man, you're kind of all over the place if you're not careful. That is exactly what vision does. It clarifies the lanes I'm supposed to stay in. So here's what you need to do. You need to get this thing clear. I want you to look at Habakkuk 2 and 2. We use this scripture a lot. King James is great. And I want you to see this because the Lord kind of tells Habakkuk how to get done what he wants to get done. And Habakkuk just write, writes this scripture that the Lord gave him because the Lord answered him and said, write the vision, make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Now, I'm going to say something in this. Write the vision, make it plain. Now, does that mean write it down? Sure, absolutely. Make it plain. 
Love it. That he may run with it. Now watch this part, though. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to pull it too far out, but I want you to see this. If you can read it, you can run with it. Does that make sense? That's what it says. That he may run that readeth it. So what I'm seeing with this is just a little bit more than write it down. I've written things down and never revisited it. I've written things down, stuck them in a notebook, and stuck them in a drawer. There's a power in writing it down. But there is also a greater power with revisiting it. So when I read it, I can run with it. Does that make sense? Clarify that thing. God called me to do this. God called me to do that. God called, okay, revisit. You know, I think of, um, I'm going to take you there right now. I think of this, I, I just, you know, kind of thought of this scripture. Kind of, God kind of does this sometimes while I'm in these things. You know, he kind of adds on. And I think clarity, you, wanna, you, you might want to write this down. Um, I think clarity of vision is one of the most important things that vision needs. You need to clarify it. Is that, is that okay? And God's been teaching me this. I'm trying to get this thing at will. So write that down. Okay. It's giving me a problem here, but uh, we'll fix it. So does that kind of, I, I think that kind of makes sense. Um, clarity of vision will will help me be able to walk out the steps I need to have, right? I'm looking at this thing. I was pulling this up. I know where it is, but I wanted to get there faster, but I'll do it the long way. It's okay because I think sometimes this stuff is really, really important for you and me to understand because how many of you know un until, you, uh, until you have clarity of some things, sometimes you, you really don't walk it out. I may, I may remember it. I may know it but I have to have clar clar clarity of something. And meditating is so important. And I think that is big. God's been really dealing with meditation. I'm going to do a whole series again about it. I did it way back. Meditation is, re is really, really important. And that's where I'm going to take you right now. Praise the Lord. Because this is, you know, Joshua 1.8, but we ain't going there. So 1 Timothy 4.15. Now I um let's just do um let's do 13 14 15 16 take your time these are added to the notes that's why sometimes flowing in the spirit is really important for me 1 Timothy 4 look at it till I come look what God says it's going to make a lot of sense till I come give attendance to reading exhortation and doctrine right so reading the word exhorting doctrine it's all biblical stay close to the word now look what it says in 14 Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Now look what it says right here. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear unto all. So what did he say to do? Meditate. What things? the things that have already been deposited. Meditate on vision. See, that's what he was basically telling Habakkuk, saying the same thing. Meditate on it. Think about it. And then what? Give everything you've got to it. And once you do, it'll be revealed to people 
what God spoke to you. Not that you care, you know what I mean? You just want to be obedient to God. It's not like you're doing it to say, profiting may appear in all. Take heed, look at verse 16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continuing them, for in doing this, you shall both save yourself and them that hear thee. See how big that is? He said, meditate and give yourself holy to it. So let me ask you a question. What you meditate on, eventually you will give yourself holy to. And I used to say this all the time. Do you know some people that have given their life wholly to something? What, not wholly like, uh, halo. You put your all in it, right? And I always used to say like, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to go, Michael Jordan. Obviously, he gave everything he's got to basketball. It's evident to everybody. He profited with all in front of our eyes, right? It's easy. Um, you could say like, I don't know, figure um, a musician. You know what I mean? Anybody. You know, like, I don't know who's a good musician. I don't even know who is. You know what I mean? But all Christian music or any musician, or if you looked at, like, you know, Frank Sinatra, what did he give himself to? Music. You know what I mean? I don't know. Whatever. Find it, right? You say, Tom Brady. Obviously, the guy gave himself to football. Now, that's not saying he's one-dimensional, but he gave everything he had to it. He was focused. He was one purpose, one mind, everything like that. And what do you see? it became apparent to everyone what he, Tiger Woods. What does Tiger Woods do? He's a golfer. Why do you know he's a golfer? I'm a golfer. How come I'm not in the ESPN? I didn't get myself, I didn't hit a million balls. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't start since I was four or whatever it was he was playing golf. You know what I mean? Are you seeing it? Whatever you give yourself holy to eventually will appear to everyone else. So you got to realize that that scripture kind of goes right alongside what Habakkuk said. You know, like, hey, make it plain. For Look at verse 3. Now look at Habakkuk 2, 3. We're going to go back, right? And the Lord answered me. This is 2. we already been there. Give him a minute to get there. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain upon the tables of your heart, that they may run with it that readeth it, okay? We already read that. But look at verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. That is one of the greatest problems with people. They cannot maintain the write it, run with it, meditate with it while you're waiting for it. It comes in a season. Not everything comes in your timeline. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. And at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And that, that right there, is that not it? So can you maintain the meditate, the run, the stand, the stay, even while it's taking some time, though it tarry? But I like what he said, right? It will come to pass. It will not tarry. So it's kind of like almost like, seems like a little bit of an oxymoron. It says, it will speak, though it tarry, it will not tarry. What he's trying to say is, it's going to take some time to come to pass, but once it comes to pass, you're going to forget about how long it took to get here. You're just going to be so happy it's here. You ain't going to care. That is what he's talking about. Understanding the principles of vision, right? Now, I like this, right? So there's a lot of enemies to your vision. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. What are some of the enemies to vision that hinder you? One of the greatest enemies of vision, there's three of them that I, I kind of jotted down, is being double-minded. Write that down. You don't want to be double-minded. 
Um, and you say, what do you mean? Enemies to the vision are double-mindedness. Like, oh, I think God told me. You know what I mean? Like, you ever been double-minded about something? Like, oh, I think God told me I'm going to do this. Then it gets hard. Well, maybe he didn't. Oh, I think God told me to, you know, do that. But then it gets tough and you're like, maybe he didn't. Or I think God said this and you step out on it and it takes 10 years and you're thinking like, man, maybe I missed it. No, look what it says, right? It says, don't waver. That's James 1, 6. We can look at that in the passion because I think, um, it, you know, he says the guy that doubts kind of waves like the sea, but it reads a little clearer over here. I kind of like it. Just make sure you ask empowered by confident faith without doubting that you will receive. Wow. Right? Empowered. You don't want to be believing one minute, doubting the next. You don't want to be undecided. You don't want to be tossed about with wind. Right? You're what? Up one minute, down the next. That's double-mindedness. See what he says in verse 7? He said, when you do this, you're half-hearted, you're wavering, it leaves you unstable. So stability is found in your ability to what? Not vacillate. So here's my question. Is, is this is going to be tough, man, it's going to be rough. Um, is your instability really God's? Or is your instability based on you? Let's do this again. My half-heartedness and wavering leaves me unstable. So is my instability in certain seasons of my life basically my own fault because I cannot believe for a minute? Without a shadow of a doubt, yes. Nobody wants to tell you that, but it's true. Because God is not unstable. Now, I sometimes have become unstable, okay? Why? Because I'm doubting. I'm differing. I have a difference of opinion in God's word. Does that make sense? I know this is a little tough, but what did he say? He said, if you start going up and down, you're not going to be able to sustain what? Stability. But then he says, look, he says, can you really expect received in, if, in that condition? No. Why? Because I'm unstable. So we got to work on this this year to make vision clear. I have to be consistent in believing God and cannot produce instability with my unbelief. Because what really changes? What really changes is we walk by sight and not by faith. When you walk by faith and not by sight, you don't care what you see, hear, or feel, touch, taste. Your senses are out of this thing. So what happens here? Well, he said this. He said, James explains. He said, the man who does not have a position of belief goes up and down like a wave in the sea. We, we live near the ocean. You guys all seen that. The water goes up, the water goes down. The water goes up, the water goes down. He's trying to explain what? He's like, if you are not fixed in your faith, in your belief system, you will vacillate up and down. So getting a double-minded, thinking one thing one minute, thinking the next. What's another thing? You get double vision. You get double vision. You start seeing it one minute, and then you don't see it the next. P 
Peter is a great example of that walking on the water. He's seen Jesus. He asked Jesus. Jesus said, come. As long as he kept looking at what he was supposed to look at, he was fine. The minute he got double vision, he started seeing the waves. He started seeing the seas. He started seeing the problems, and he sank. The children of Israel going into the promised land, they had clear vision. Whatever Moses said, we can do, we can do, let's go. The minute they got there, they saw giants, walled cities, problems. Caleb and Joshua were fixed on their sight. We are well able to overcome. All throughout the Bible, the prophet in the Old Testament, what did he say? He said, open my servant's eyes so he could see. And even though he was in, they were encamped with chariots and people that were coming to get him, they saw angel presence when he could see in the realm of the spirit. So many been for them, there was no way they could lose. Where do you see this scripture? Passion translation, Romans 16, 17. Double vision a lot of times comes from you, but double vision sometimes comes from what you're around. So you got to seal this, right? So double-mindedness is you, your internal struggle, right? That nobody's going to really be able to help you being double-minded. You're going to have to answer that question by faith. Faith is the substance of things, hope for it, evidence things not seen, that side of it. You have to handle that. Double vision usually is two parts. It's you and the people you hang out with. Look what it says in Romans 16, 17. And now, dear brothers and sisters, I'd like to give you one final word of caution. What is that? Watch those who cause divisions and offenses among you. When they antagonize you by speaking things that are contrary to the teachings you receive, don't be caught in their snare. Now, I'm going to say something about that because this is big for you. What am I saying about double vision? Well, think about this. Double-mindedness is, is it could be, you know, could have came from the outside in, but you have to face off with the double-mindedness. Double vision kind of goes the same way. I don't see what God's saying. I don't see where I'm supposed to be. That could be me singularly having a problem with it. But look what it says here. Man, people come on assignment to create division in your life and get you to see something different than what you've been seeing and what the church sees. Really important, man. And when those people reveal themselves, you better be cautious. And I'm going to show you how it shows up, okay? And I'm not saying this to hurt anybody or make anybody feel bad, but I want you to know, don't be a person that causes division. And how you do that is you guard your heart from saying certain things around people that you don't need to be saying and interjecting things that you don't need to interject. Um, I think that's huge. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of the things you have to do is... Um, Guard your heart. So what does division look like? Anything that tries to become contrary to the vision that we have. So let's just say you have a vision. Let's just say, okay, let's take the church and then we'll go to you. We have a vision, right? And somebody might come to you like, oh man, you know, Pastor Chris this or whatever, blah, blah, blah. When you're connected to my vision, the vision where we're going and following God, you don't really let those people in your life because you're like, ah, you don't understand. I already got the vision. I'm running with it, right? Now you have a personal vision, right? You have a vision that connects to the house. Anybody that comes when you're sharing your personal vision or the vision of the house that we're connected and kind of gives you that, you know, 
well, who do you think you are kind of attitude or, you know, you know what I'm saying? People just aren't as down, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You start talking to some people, you're like, you know, they're giving you that look or they got that opinion about your, you're doing, or, you know, they have that jealousy or something. And you know, in those midst of that stuff, like, man, this doesn't feel right. You know, like, man, I, I don't even, I don't even feel comfortable around that, you know? And then, you know, the person that's really in it and for you, they're encouraging you. They're pumping you up. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I had this little reel and I sent it to uh, PL. I sent it to G. I sent it to a couple of people. And it was like, it was like a guy was saying something about like looking in the mirror. You know what I mean? And he said, man, he goes, you know, sometimes you look in the mirror and you see yourself and come on out. You might come on out and go, man, I'm, I got it together today. You know what I mean? My dress, my fit is tight. Or, you know, you might be encouraged. You know, you know how like you do something like, man, you come out, you're like, man, I'm fired today. I got, man, I got my, you know, just the other day I was kidding with the kids and uh, we were somewhere in me and PL and I was trying stuff and I, I said, man, she's like, man, that's fire. You know, like encouraging, you know, like maybe the, maybe you get some sneakers or something. You're like, Ooh, man, that's fire. You know? And then you get those people that are negative sometimes, you know, like, who you think you are? What are you conceited? You got a big head, you know, why you think you're all that? And the guy in the video made a great point. He's like, you don't really want to be around those kind of people because you're not being conceited coming out saying, Hey, I look good. You know what I mean? You want people in your life encouraging you. I don't need people with another vision than encouraging me. Neither do you. So I was, you know, not out of like conceitedness, like obviously if you're conceited and all you talk about is yourself and you're self-absorbed, that's one thing. But I'm talking about, you know, you might put, man, put something on a big, ooh, man, you know what? You don't want that. You know, you might uh, shoot a video or do something cool or get, you know, just really feel good about something you did or, you know, or, you know, I think we live in a social media world, so that's why I bring that up. You know, like sometimes you might just be like, wow, or. Somebody just shared something with me another other day about a business. I was like, do it, man. I'm pumped. You know what I mean? How can I help you? You know, that was my thing. Like, they're probably going to make a bunch of money. You know, and I, I didn't care about the money they're going to make. I'm glad for them. You know, I wasn't like, oh, how can I get in and get my money? I, I was like, how can I help you get there? You know what I mean? It's like, man, rejoice, celebrate people, right? And, he, and, he, and here's a, another one. Um, I like, the, I kind of phrase double-mindedness is, to me, internal. Double vision is is kind of like people. You know what I mean? Like people try to dilute your vision. And the last one was you get to this place of doubting. Don't be double doubting. And I wrote that down. It sounds kind of weird. That's the enemy. You know what I mean? He wants you to doubt everything that God said to you. So doubt your doubts. That's why I called it double doubting. You know what I mean? Doubt your doubts. Well, I don't think I can do it. Nobody in my family's ever done anything like that. You know, I'm not, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that great a Christian. You know, it was funny. Um, I was talking to somebody and, um, it was funny. This was totally, this is, nobody knows who it is. So it was kind of cool. And, um, I was talking to this young guy and, uh, it was kind of neat, you know, and we all know, we all know these, this, this kind of these people and the young guy came to me and he goes, and I said, Hey man, you know, so-and-so serving the Lord, you know, a couple people that we know, you know what I mean? It was stuff like that. And not, not nobody you guys, nice, no. And, you know, I know the guys, they're not living the, you know, the, the greatest life. Let's just say it like that. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes this guy, a young guy came to me and goes, oh yeah, like, you know, like, yeah, Pastor Chris is saved. 
you should see what he's doing. You know what I mean? One of those kind of things, you know? And I was like, and I was like, yeah, man. I said, I know what you're saying. I mean, they're working at it. And I know they're a little loose. But I said, ain't it great that God doesn't save perfect people? You know what I mean? Like, you ain't got to be perfect to be saved. You know, and the, and, the, and the young guy came to me. And, you know, he was doubting, like, the ability for these this, these younger guys. You know, they were his buddies is what it came down to. You know, and he's like, man, you know, so-and-so's doing this and doing that and got this going on. And he was in snitching. But basically what he was trying to say was, how can you be saved in doing that? I said, that's the cool thing about the gospel, ain't it? Let's not doubt their future. Let's just be happy they're in the kingdom and they're going to grow in the grace of God. You know what I mean? And isn't that likewise, like a lot of times what we do, like, man, I'm not living that standard or I'm not living whatever imaginary thing. Man, ain't, ain't you happy God saves? Man, the other day, I was like, I told somebody said they were somewhere and they were they were driving their car and oh man, somebody got rude and got fresh, you know, and was was basically yelled at them. You know, the other day, I, I went through something a couple of weeks ago, you know, just funny, you know, it's just kind of comical, you know, people are just crazy, you know, and I was like, did you cuss them out? And they're like, no. I was like, good job, you're better than you were six months ago, you know what I mean? You know, did you did you beat them up? No, praise God, you're doing way better than you did what it did a year ago. What I'm saying is like this, I think a lot of times we've got to doubt our doubts because we don't think like, I can't do this. I can't fulfill the vision. Habakkuk didn't think he could do it. You know what I mean? Uh, Jonah didn't think he could do it. Da David didn't think he could do it. And who, who in the Bible really thought they could do it? You know what I mean? Like, I even believe like Caleb and Joshua. Well, think about Joshua 1.8. Be strong and be courageous, man. You're going to be able to do, you're going to be able to step where you tread on your feet. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of people doubting what they could produce. And here's my last point for you. That's why if you're going to have the greatest aspect of vision that you could possibly have, you're going to have to see your vision through the eyes of faith. You're going to have to see this thing through the eyes of faith. Seeing the future with faith and not fear. Because all that double-mindedness rooted in fear. I'm telling you. Double vision rooted in fear and double doubting rooted in fear. Those are all things. People think fear is like, ah, oh, you know, I'm phobic, like screaming. And no, fear is all manifesting in all those things. And it's probably not like we look at natural fear, you know, like, oh, you scared me. I'm scared. What it is, is they're, 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 they're kind of sneaky byproducts of fear that slip in and make you doubt God's ability to do something, make you become double-minded. Well, maybe God didn't tell me. Maybe God didn't call me. It's taken so long. Maybe God didn't call me. No, nah, man, let's not live with that pattern in our life. Let's live our best life now. And let's know that Jesus said what he said. And if you could start moving towards those faith steps, you're going to see everything God promised you to have come to pass. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these guys. I think in this next season, 2024, we prayed, we fasted, we gave. We're still in the the overflow, and we know we got a clear path to make 2024 the best year of our life. Thank you, Father, for empowering us and transforming us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, praise the Lord, guys. Make sure you, you stay online because we have the announcements. Don't forget, we're getting ready for, uh, we have our, our, our jersey Sunday is going to be here, and it's going to be a great time. Bring your favorite jersey. Uh, if you got a jersey, 
uh, for the teams. You know what I'm saying, man? Bring it. If not, bring the jersey to your team. I don't care what you wear, but come for Jersey Sunday. It's going to be awesome. Don't forget, we're going to have church, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to hang out. All the details are in the link. Just, just check it all out. And don't forget, man, Art of Love is right around the corner. I want you to be in the building. Invite your friends. This Art of Love, I really want you to do this. I really see, man, there's so many new people in the church. It's awesome. And we got to keep inviting people. This Art of Love, I mean, we, we're going to, those postcards are going to be there in the lobby. You need to drop these things off at work. You need to bring, you need to be inviting everybody you know. And if you don't invite everybody you know, I promise you, man, you're not doing the right thing by this. People need help with their marriage more than anywhere in their life. Married people do. I'm telling you, man. So take that, take the time, text people, call people. Remember that if you really, really, really want to reach people, this is a perfect man. Hey, come to this marriage seminar thing we're having on our church. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. We're going to have fun. We're have some fellowship. It's going to be amazing. Invite people to be in this house because I promise you, God wants to take their marriage to a whole other level. I love you. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday. It's going to be a great week. Don't forget that. And just keep doing what you're doing because I promise you, your world's going to change one step at a time. I love you. I'll see you Sunday, 9 and 1030. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.